Hello and welcome to the podcast Tech Marketing Trends. My name is Jacob Lovenbrand. I'm the Managing Director of Brightvision as well a host of this podcast. And today we're going to talk about the topic five things that don't work anymore within B2B and marketing and growth, but a lot of people still do them. Uh, we have a person visiting us here today who is an expert in this area, Lincoln Murphy, who is a thought leader within growth and customer success, among other things. And I'm so stoked to pick your brain about this topic. So welcome to our podcast, Lincoln. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yes. Um, so great to have you all the way from Texas. And uh, would love to hear a little bit before we dive into the topics, you know, uh, who you are and what you're up to and so forth. Sure. Um, so my name is Lincoln Murphy. Um, I've been in um, what we call customer success uh, for Oh gosh, I think you know probably about eleven years now. Um, my, but you know, so you're like, why? Why is a customer success guy on a a, a podcast to talk about marketing? But um, you know, the reality is, while I work within customer success, a lot of my work, like the stuff that I actually do with my clients, the stuff that I advise people on, uh, I'd like to say, you know, I, I spend all my time doing these big strategic things, but the reality is, I spend a lot of time on customer engagement, literally writing emails. So, you know, a, a stat that most people don't know is millions of people every week get emails that I either wrote or that I had uh, direct uh, influence on um, from companies around the world. So it's like, you know, it's not just stuff that you get from my email list. It might feel like millions from me, but, um, it, you know, I, I do a lot of, a lot of work on, on just engaging customers. I do work uh, helping companies engage prospects. So, you know, writing emails for um, sales development reps to send out. Um, I work with marketing uh, orgs to to write emails, you know, for to promote whatever they're trying to promote. So um, that's just sort of a, you know, we even though we're in 2023, email is still like the primary channel for most uh, prospect, customer, and partner engagement. I mean, that's just that's just the reality. People don't like you know. People don't want to hear that uh, because, gosh, you know, shouldn't email be gone by now? Uh, but but here we are. So, um, but you know, it's engagement through whatever channel is is appropriate for your customer. But email is still pr the primary one. And so I've been I've been doing that that stuff for a really long time. And I thought it'd be interesting to talk about specifically, you know what what doesn't work if you're trying to engage your customers or your prospects um like what are those five things that that people still do um that doesn't work in fact i just heard a statistic yesterday um that was released to uh the portfolio companies of a of a particular venture capital firm and i'm not being coy i just can't remember which one it was um but basically they said that um the the SDR role so sales development rep so you know this is the 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 sales the people within sales that sort of cold email prospects that they are bringing in half of what they used to bring in so the 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 results that they're getting through their efforts has been reduced by half which means marketing has had to pick up a lot of that slack to generate pipeline for their sales people to work I find that I find that fascinating. For a couple of years, um, certainly 
leading into 2020, this SDR work was was just booming. Um, but we have a lot of automated tools and there's a lot of noise. And so I, I, I have my suspicions as to why that why this is the sort of what we're seeing out there. I don't think that the actual process of emailing prospects is any less effective, like just as a, as a channel of engagement. It's just that what they're doing, probably they shouldn't be doing. And that's what we can talk about today. So I think, uh, anyway, I, I, I get excited about this topic because, um, a lot of, a lot of people are doing things that, that if you would just change some of your ways, thank you. I think the, I think the results you would get would be so much better. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. And, and I mean, this is probably things every marketing and sales department in, in B2B is discussing and, and worrying about and, and wondering what to do and so on. So, I mean, of course, we have a, a economic downturn, mm-hmm. uh, not making things easier, but also, as you say, tactical uh, stuff that worked, maybe it's not working and so forth. So uh, we need to look into that. So yeah, let's let's dive into it. Can you give us an overview of of uh, the five things that don't work anymore, or or sure. start somewhere around there? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I I wrote these down so that I wouldn't actually forget them. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um, but we're 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 talking about uh, what I call fake personalization, um, interest stalking, um, small talk. And we'll, that, that's an interesting one because it's like, yeah, what do you mean there? Um, <laughs> tropes and cliches or or um, even what I, I sort of call them uh, meme words or, or meme phrases, things that that are so obnoxious and played out that there are literal memes about them. Mm. About that in a second. And then um, this is a really big one ignoring timing the way people consume email certainly but really the way people consume all sorts of messaging over the last few years it just changed completely and so if if you are still using and to to your point like people are doing these things that they've always been doing if you are using the same tactics and 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 sort of i guess strategies around uh around trying to engage people, customers, prospects, partners, whatever. And you haven't taken into consideration some of these changes in consumption patterns. Um, I think that's going to be probably one of the, the the biggest reasons what you're doing is not working. So, you know, this is what's really interesting is how much we tend to continue to do something and just assume that, and, and like getting worse results and just assume like what we're doing is fine. It's just that the, the medium or the channel or whatever, like it's gotten worse. So, you know, like I'm getting worse results with the emails I send. My assumption is email is just bad. It's just, it's getting worse. Um, People are not engaging with email as much anymore or whatever. Right. That's, that's, that's the, the assumption trap that I think some people fall into and so they say, but I'm, I'm doing as good. I'm doing basically a, as good as I possibly could, given the fact that that channel uh, or that modality of engagement is just getting so so bad. And 
I'm not saying that things don't change. Of course they change. That's what I just said. But um, have you ever thought, you know, stopped to think that maybe what you're doing is is wrong <laughs> or yeah. outdated or or yeah. whatever, right? And right. and that maybe that channel isn't so bad. It's just that what you're doing isn't working anymore, whether it's email or anything else, and whether it's marketing or any sort of customer engagement or really anything else, right? In, in mm. any, any part of our job, if we can, if we were starting to get worse results, it might be wise to take a step back and say, do I need to change up the way that I do this? Or yeah. do I really need to stop doing this and go try, you know, a, a completely different thing? Those are both valid, but um, very often it's just that we're doing whatever we're doing um, wrong or inefficient. Mm -hmm. or whatever. So your conclusion is we don't uh, challenge the way we do stuff uh, often enough. We just continue doing it. It takes off in efficiency or effectiveness, and you just uh, abandon the tactic and go for the new China thing coming down, uh, you know, you read about in the latest newsletter yeah. Yeah. absolutely and, and then and we and in that process we look at the 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 thing that was that was sort of our um our, our primary um engagement channel or whatever you know as this this old technology that doesn't really matter anymore and then all of a sudden that new shiny thing kind of fizzles out and then we go, oh gosh, let me go back to my email list because you know I I at least have that, or or we're doing something on on social, and all of a sudden that social platform implodes, or or the owner goes crazy, and we want to get off that platform, and uh, you know we go back to our email list because that's what we own and control, right? So yeah. you know, and but but we're then we're like, but gosh, this this email format that I, that I came up with in, in 2009, it's not performing very well. So it must be that email is a terrible way to engage with people. Yeah. It's like, exactly. you might want to just re-examine all of that. Yeah. If we elaborate a little bit on the topics there, uh, mm -hmm. could you see a trend there? What, if you connect the dots there uh, between the things then you can, of course, elaborate on them as well. Do you see any trend or, or symptoms that is, uh, you know, performing worse or, or not at all. Yeah. Today. Yeah. I think overall the, the, the trend, if you, if you kind of pull all this stuff together, you have this, this idea of uh, fake personalization and interest stalking and, and those things pulled together with small talk and these, these, these email tropes and cliches, and you kind of pull all that together. It's like, what I've done there is I've, I've, I've done some data mining or I've done some research and I've pulled that together with some, some templates and I've blasted that out. And it's just so incredibly obvious. Um, and look, here's the thing. A few years ago, that stuff was kind of cool. And it was kind of cool, not just from the, the, the senders point of view, like, Hey man, I can, I can take this, I can take their email address and I can um, I can sort of backfill and enrich, you know, their entire customer record essentially with publicly available information. And I can go scrape their social and I can learn, you know, their 
their interest in their family members and their dog's name. And then I can take that and put that into a template that says, hey, I hope this email finds you well. I see that you play tennis. I play tennis too. Would you like to buy my software? And someone might a few years ago have gone, oh yeah, that's cool. I, I, I do play tennis. I like you now because you play tennis. Let's book a demo, right? Mm-hmm. What is that? When you get an email like that now, what do you do? You can't roll your eyes hard enough at that because it's like, oh, you went to my LinkedIn profile and 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 you also found my Instagram. Man, you know, congratulations. Like that was so hard. You know, it's just it it's obvious what that is. Mm. So that kind of stuff is just played out. But the thing is, you still see, and I I I try not to spend a, a lot of time on LinkedIn because um it's it's kind of a nightmare. Uh, but uh, it, it is interesting to see what what content gets really consumed there. And so obviously, if you're trying to use LinkedIn as a as a channel for engagement, you need to pay attention to this stuff. But, um, you know, a lot of people still push everything that I have on this list as like, this is what you should be doing. And mm-hmm. my assumption there is that they're simply reusing content and they don't actually do anything in the real world. Um because this stuff doesn't work. Um, and, and yet people continue to promote it. So, you know, to your point earlier, where you said people still use it. Yeah. But if, if for no other reason, but we know that people tend to continue doing what they've always been doing and justify the poor results by blaming the medium or blaming the channel, but people are also being told they, they, they open up LinkedIn and there's this, you know, really famous salesperson that just posted a carousel post with, with, you know, all the things that you should do to engage a customer. And it's, you know, go find their interests and, um, and, and make sure that you use their first name in the subject line. You know, yeah. like those are things that are still promoted. And I think um, the reality is um, they're played out. And so we need to take a different tact. And so, to finally answer your question, <laughs> like what's the theme here? What what drives all this together? Or or rather, like how could what do we need to do sort of instead? And I think we need to understand the customer and what they're actually trying to accomplish. And I think maybe that's where people got confused. It's like we need to know the customer. So people said, Oh, I oh, oh, okay. I need to know the customer. So I go look for their interests and things. And and we try to connect that way. But um, I I think what we actually need to do is know what the customer is trying to accomplish. Um, Know their, their goal. I always have to, it's funny in our training at impact Academy, which is a CSM training uh, that I do actually with a company, uh, my partner company start delivers in Sweden. Um, And so we were, our training is based out of there. But um, we have what we call our goal discovery framework, which is what you have if you're having a conversation with a customer, either in sales or uh, or in customer success, and you're trying to understand what their well what their goal is. And in there, we we basically find out what their objective is, what their time frame is, but also I want to understand the the reason behind it, the why. Like uh-huh. Why does this why why does achieving this goal matter? Or conversely what would happen if you didn't achieve that goal? Now, 
this is obviously much easier to do if you have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with your customer. But even in customer success, even in that part of the business where we have an re ongoing relationship with the customer, oftentimes we're working with customers with whom it doesn't make sense financially to have a really in-depth one-on-one uh, relationship with them. So we can't really have these in-depth conversations. So even then we sort of have to infer. So, you know, I want to group customers together by sort of their shared goals, their shared desired outcome, um, so that I can, I can speak to them on a level that is going to make them interested in paying attention to me because I'm speaking to them about something that they actually want rather than trying to have, like I said, some sort of fake um, parasocial relationship with them where it's like, all I did was, you know, I know all this stuff about you and and you're looking at me coming at you as like, who, who does this person think they are? They think they know me, mm. you know? Um, and so we really want to, we want to come, you know, engage with our, our prospects and our customers mm. and our partners in a way that is meaningful to them, which mm. means I don't even have to put their first name. I, I don't have to put all, I don't have to do these things that we, we talk about in terms of personalization because real personalization is the right message at the right time to the right person. Yeah. That's it. So if I can figure out what is of interest to you, so, you know, whether that's a goal you have or something you're trying to accomplish um, and I can speak to that, that is, that's something that you're going to engage with yeah. at least you know, much more than if I just try to come at you with these, with these tactics that, that don't work anymore. And, and, you know, in an email that I sent that got, you know, really great results, you know, lately, like it has no, no quote unquote personalization in there in the, in the way that we would, th we would think about it. Um, it is all about, it's coming from a place of understanding what they're trying to accomplish. So anyway, I've monologued, but that's, you know, that's basically what we're looking at here is how can we resonate and understanding that uh, these things are are played out like those, those those email tropes like I hope this email finds you well that's one of those meme uh <laughs> terms right that you know you'll see the the meme it's like I hope this email finds you well it's like here's how the email found me and it's like you know uh, a dumpster fire <laughs> um, you know it's it's so played out that um it almost it will actually your personal spam filter will will go off when you see that like whether your whether your inbox provider actually flags it as spam isn't the point but you will be like nah i don't think so it's spam. yeah yeah exactly. exactly just nobody nobody really talks like that um yeah. and so those are those are oh and this small talk i think also uh look people have limited attention not because it, you know, I, there's so many like customer negative ways of talking about this stuff that I, it, it kind of drives me insane. Um, your customers are, are, are not lazy. They're not stupid. They are busy and they oh. are inundated with messages and you need to understand that and figure out what you can do to cut through the noise to get their attention. Like that's, if you just go, eh, they're, they're lazy and they're not going to, they're not going to pay attention. Um, then it's like, why, then why are you even sending the email? If you just know, like going into it, that nobody's going to engage with what you do, why would you even do it? Mm. Um, but 
um, if we take, if we understand that they're busy, if they open my email or they, they, or whatever, whatever type of message I've, I've, I've sent them in app chat, WhatsApp, whatever, if I can get them to open that thread or open that email, I need to do something with that limited attention that I just was given. So if I start out with, you know, it, hope you hope this email finds you well, bunch of small talk. And then I talk about me and my product. I, I, I've just wasted that yeah. precious, that precious, uh, you know, this a few seconds time, there. Yeah. Yes. That, yeah. they, that they've given me. So anyway, yeah. that's, that's, it's just little thing. In some cases it's little things like that, but all yeah. of this stuff adds up. And now if you, you know, after listening to this, um, and maybe you'll go back and, and look at your inbox and go, oh, oh, yeah. I can actually see a pattern as to the emails that I don't engage with. Yeah. And, and they yeah. and they fit a lot of this stuff. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's really interesting. Um, but the other thing You're, is that the timing. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just thinking, do you have any positive example where mm-hmm. where you can reverse that or, or find a positive spin where you feel is, Oh, this is actually working much better if you go this way. As you say, the right message to the right person and the right timing is, of course, what we're trying to achieve. But it, it's uh, it's hard, it's, and and sometimes <laughs> we need to cut through that without having all the details and so forth. So, what, have you any examples on that where where you yeah. just some ideas or or so? <clears throat> right. I mean, I think so. What's in it for them is mm. is something to keep in mind. Um, sometimes you, I think historically you see that as what's in it for me, but I, I really like to say what's in it for them because as I'm, as I'm writing an email or I'm, I'm creating a piece of content, um, I, I, I just keep that in mind. And I always go back to that. What's in it for them if, you know, just in general, but what's in it for them if they actually take the action that I, I want them to take on, on the email, that's another thing. So it's like, or, or, or whatever, whatever the engagement modality, but um, if I have a link that I want them to click, or if it's you know an email that I'm trying to start a conversation, I have to think, what do they get out of taking that action? Mm. So you know, um, you guys reached out to to do a podcast. Mm. I get um, I get so many emails every day from just people w- wanting things from me. Okay, um, you guys emailed me in a way. That said, um, we have you, you guys basically built whether you know it or not. What's in it for them into the message? So f- the the subject line and everything was built to to get my attention as somebody that likes to <laughs> that likes to talk and 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 also get attention, right? And so um, the whole message was basically. Here's the audience. Here's here's the exposure. Like here's here's what you get. Should you come on this podcast? This is what we you know, and then we'll figure out something to talk about. Like we want you to talk about what you want to talk about within reason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but here's really like you really just the 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 primary focus of the message was on this is what you get out of joining us. And if you compare and contrast that to just about every other message that that I get, certainly it's, hey, um, would you like to be a guest on our podcast? Um, 
we would want you to promote it or we would want you to do the, I don't know. It's like, it, it's all about them and their podcast and how awesome it is, but not really talking about how, how, what I get out of it. And I just thought that was, that was a, a, a nice change. And really one of the, that, that was the reason that I, that I engage mm. because there there's, and I get emails from people um, that are like, um, Hey, we have some software, you know, Lincoln, you're, you know, you're really well-known in the customer success space. Um, we have software that we've written in this space. Can you give us three hours of your time to, <clears throat> for us to show you what we have? <clears throat> and I'm like, and what do I get out of it? <clears throat> What's in it for me? I, I don't, I don't reply with that. I just usually ignore it because it's like, but I, I really want to say, man, rewrite this and, 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 and think of me. You're asking for my time and my expertise, right? To, to give you, it's, I'm not even opposed to doing that. I just don't like your email. <laughs> I don't like that you didn't think about me. And if you look at so many of the, of the emails or LinkedIn messages or whatever that you're getting, how many of them, and it's going to be, you know, in the low single digit percentages, I, I imagine, how many of those have what's in it for them? In there, how many of them are 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 saying this is what you're going to get if you engage? And then you know how many more have that as sort of you know the subject line and or in the preheader text and you know like that really just right out of the gate say this is you need to be on um, on this podcast or or whatever and just along those same lines of 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 that uh, it, you know whether it's, again I would say this is engaging a partner right um, but the same thing goes for your customer. Um, or your prospect. Again, if I try to engage a customer or prospect with something about our product, that even a customer who has a commercial relationship with us where they're using this product, the product is still not the most important thing in their world. Mm. It's still what they're trying to accomplish. And I always say, can you push it even further to say, not just you know, here's what your, your company as our customer wants to accomplish, but you as the individual stakeholder, you also have these specific goals. Like, can I speak to those? And the closer we can get to, to having something that is very specific to that, that recipient, the more we're going to be able to engage with them. Of course, like I said, we have to pull back to reality, which is we we can't have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with every single prospect, every single customer um, in the way that we would like. So we kind of have to go back and sort of cohort and you know group customers by these shared uh, ideas so we can figure out how to message them at scale. But um, it, it, it really just comes down to um, what's in it for them. I, I like to say that's an, a nice check. So before you send your message, um, before you even really sit down to write your message, um, think about that. Like, what do they get out of this? And if you can't come up with like what they would get, uh, that's, a, that's a true benefit to them, then maybe you don't send that message. Hi, everyone. This is Emma, the podcast editor for Tech Marketing Trends. Unfortunately, there was uh, a network issue in this episode recording, so our conversation with Lincoln was cut a bit short. Uh, nevertheless, we want to give a big thanks to Lincoln for joining this episode and to all of you for tuning in.
And for those who are interested in diving even deeper into the topics Lincoln touched upon, we highly recommend his training uh, program for customer success pros and his courses on email engagement and ChatGPT prompt engineering. And uh, we will make sure to include these links uh, in the episode description. And with that said, uh, I would like to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, please keep an eye out for more episodes to be published in the future, in which we will be continuing to explore the latest trends and insights within the field of B2B tech marketing. <laughs>